0: Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. Jonas, who is, man, you're just so good at transitioning services, uh, he, he mentioned the snow and, and I thought, uh, yeah, if, you're gonna be, if it's going to be this cold, it might as well snow. So I'm going to sing a song. Lauren, you can't play in this because a, she's a human jukebox. But, but I just want to test to see, finish this song for me, Okay. <clears throat> It's beginning to look a lot. It is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Like, right? It's snowing, it's cold, you've been out working, Christmas trees. Um, look at our stage, look at our lobby. It's Christmas season, everybody, and we are so thrilled to. Uh, Yet again, this is my 40th Christmas. I'm so excited. This is my 40th Christmas and they get better and better and better. And I think you all know that Christmas is so much more than just a holiday, right? It's more than the, the trees. It's more than the cookies. It's more than the gifts that you give or that you get. It's more than all the traditions, it's more than the lights. It's more than all those things. But just a few days ago, Crystal asked if I would go out and just put out some Christmas lights. Like, let's get this party started, so to speak. And I've decided I'm not purchasing any more lights. I've, I've accumulated some lights over the years. And so I just went out and grabbed from the garage and the storage any lights that we have. Like, if I could plug it in and it, and it, and it illuminated, it, it was going to go outside somewhere, right? Right? Um, and, and so I, I was so proud of it. Like, it's our first time putting lights up here in Minnesota, and I just wanted to show you uh, what our house looks like. <laughs> it's awesome, right? I was putting lamps outside. Like, if it lit up, it went outside. And so if you'd like, you can kind of, There's there was neighbors out last night just looking at it. Um, but it's more than the lights, right? This is just, she was satisfied with this. Um, every light every single light that we have. Um, yeah, but Christmas really is, it's more than all of that. We understand that, right? Christmas is so much more than that. Christmas is really the celebration of God becoming man. And and if I don't take this off, you're going to continue to look at it and not at me. God becoming man. That's what Christmas is really all about. And, um, the birth of King Jesus was very important in history then. But still to this day is very much a major part of our everyday lives. In this series, we are going to look at why Christmas is so much more than just a holiday. And we are going to ask this question throughout the series. How then should Jesus' humanity impact Our everyday lives. How should the incarnation, God becoming man, fully God, fully human, how should that change our everyday lives? And specifically for today, we're going to look at how does Jesus give us wisdom? How does Jesus give us wisdom? Speaking of wisdom, and that, that word really just means better decision making. Speaking of better decision making, I was online this week and I was just kind of doing some research, talking through some stuff. And I came upon a picture of someone who was not in, they were not, they did not make a good decision. I wanted to share that with you. This first picture here is this woman got stuck in a chimney while stalking a man she met online. And, and it didn't turn out in her favor. Not advisable, right? Down the chimney, completely filled with charcoal, smoke, and had to be rescued. Not very not very wise. Another one that I saw that I thought you'd like is this man. Yeah, the police were waiting for him at the doors. But then I thought if this was during COVID, then that's for sure toilet paper. If it's not during COVID, then it's for sure diapers, right? But come on, you know, y'all watch football. Come on, man. Like you can do a little better than that, right? Okay. um, I'll share with you something. I've made a stupid decision or two in my life. One that comes to mind is when we were just a few days from being married, Crystal and I, um, at the time, I had a very beautiful Toyota Pathfinder. It was awesome. No, it was a Nissan Forerunner, and I was two payments away from owning it outright. Had the wheels, I had three twelves in the back, black tint. I mean, it was it was nice. It was nice. But I've always had a dream to to want something else. Like I was settling with the Forerunner. So just a few days before we got married, I purchased this vehicle. I did. This is a true story, by the way. I knew that if I waited till I was married, I'd have to have a conversation. So I had to do this before. (laughs) True story. But it was so, the, the vehicle was not dumb. Just so you know, this was a very, this is an awesome, this is still my dream. The timing of it was so dumb, so dumb, so dumb. I traded in a vehicle that I almost owned for a vehicle that I still to this day am probably paying a part of. So dumb. I wonder if it's true for those two individuals before this picture and if it's true for me. I just wonder if maybe there's a few people in the room who would also say I've made my share of dumb decisions. I wonder I wonder if by chance you would say I too have made some terrible choices in my life. Raise your hand if you would say I've made some terrible decisions in my life. As a matter of fact, when it comes to certain things like have you ever made dumb decisions when it comes to money? Just emotional decisions. We're talking beyond the ice cream cone. Like dumb, like as you look back it was emotional, it was pressured Have you ever made dumb decisions when it comes to maybe relationships like, yeah, I went way too far. I should have never gone there. I should have never even looked at that person. Do you you ever look back and say, that was so, that was dumb. That was a dumb decision. Or or maybe business transactions or a career choice. Uh, You know, maybe you have a tattoo and you're like, that was dumb. I'm the only one wearing a turtleneck in the summer. Like, why did I put those lips on my neck? (laughs) Have you ever made a dumb, dumb, dumb decision? Maybe you've asked yourself the question that I've asked myself. How do I stop making terrible decisions? How do I stop making terrible decisions? Really, maybe the question that we should ask today is this. How do I make better decisions in my life? But this series is not just about better decisions. This, in light of Christmas, in light of, of God becoming man, keeping the focus on Jesus and the wisdom that he gives to us, I think the appropriate question that we need to answer today is this. How does Jesus still help me make better decisions today? How does Jesus... Still help me make better decisions today. All right. Stand to your feet. Let's read out of our primary text this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27. If you're finding your reading on your phone, we are reading out of the NLT Um, Version And those of you here in the room, Matthew is the very first book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 7. We will be reading verses 24 through 27. And and just before I read, I just want you to turn back to the start of chapter 5. To the start of chapter 5. Our text today is the conclusion of Jesus' teaching on the Sermon of the Mount. Chapter 5 is the very beginning of that. Um I'm going to just read to you verse 1 One day as he saw the crowds gathering Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down his di- disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them All right So he goes through all these great things the sermon on the mount you can read through that now turn to the very end of chapter 7 verses 24 through 20, 27 Imagine Jesus sitting on the mountainside, surrounded by crowds, disciples, religious leaders, and he is teaching, and he is at the conclusion of his message, and this is what he finishes with saying. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents, and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You notice that this verse, these verses are in red. For those whose Bible puts the words of Jesus in red, These words are in red. The reason why we stand is because we acknowledge that this is God's inspired word, and we stand simply out of reverence to that. We won't continue to stand every time we read out of the Bible for those who are visiting, but we do this every time we read our primary text. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for speaking to us. You spoke to us through the worship service. You spoke to us. Uh, in, in a special word, and Lord, we do we do ask that you would open our ears to hear exactly what it is that you say. But we also pray that you'd give us the courage to do to do what it is you say. So, Lord, give us uh, eyes to see, ears to hear. May this word fall on good soil. We thank you for our guest. We thank you for our guest online. Pray that you would touch them in a very special way. Remove all distractions, I pray in the name of Jesus. Everyone said, amen. amen. You may be seated. All right, so as we began to work through our text this morning, we began with verse 24. I'd like to read this to you. Anyone who listens to my teaching, capital M, this is Jesus talking, and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock what do you see in this verse do you see anything you know that our focus is on is on wisdom what do you see in this verse what do you see Jesus pointing to in this verse let me read it to you one more time with a few words highlighted for you anyone who listens there's a story in the bible when Jesus was 12 years old his parents left him in the temple. A verse says that Jesus was listening and asking questions and that he grew in wisdom. He was listening and asking questions. Listen to me is a verb. It's active listening, right? Understanding, gaining knowledge. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. That's what jumped out at at, at me. What jumped out to you? when you read through this scripture. And he likens it to a person who would build a house on solid rock. Do you see this by chance? Listen plus follows equals wise. For every teacher in the room, you are very happy right now. This equation, right? Jesus gives us the formula to wisdom, that it is listening plus following. It is obedience. Listening and obeying means you're wise. Listening plus obeying means you're wise. And I, we just can't rush through a very simple concept. We are going to reemphasize this all throughout the morning. We have to do a good job of listening. We do this often. I think about all the crowds, the disciples, they had been listening to Jesus at that moment for maybe a few hours. But over the course of days and years, they had been listening and listening and listening and listening. Just like for many of us over the course of our lifetime, how much listening have we done when it comes to church? How many sermons have you heard? How many podcasts have you heard? How much of the Bible have you understood and absorbed? There's been a lot of listening, a small word, but a lot of content, a lot of knowledge. But that's not wisdom. That's a part of wisdom, but it is not wisdom. It is only wisdom when it is followed, when it is obeyed. We've done a lot of listening. I don't know how well we've done with following. I don't know how well we've done with following. Jesus is really saying it's like building a beautiful house. But no foundation. It's like the contractor comes to you and says, listen, you don't have enough money to have a three-story house. You need to either pick the third story or the foundation. And you say, I'll take the third story. He'd look at you and say, that house won't last very long that's not what they thought. In in, in context, when they heard this teaching, they didn't think of a three-story house. But in those days, it was very common for them to find a a, a type of cave in the mountainside. And they would attach their home to that because of the strength that it would provide. Or they would find a place where it was a solid rock. They would fasten their home to that. That's that's where their mind went to. For us, we, we think of the foundation, right? That's what we think of when we think of the solid rock and and building a house on a solid rock. James 1.22 says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. At the end of every message, we give you a big so what, and we also give you a big now what. The big now what is the do part. Call to action. Call to response. What will you do with what you've learned? What will you do? What have you done with what you've learned? We know what to do. Oftentimes we just don't do it. And we're not talking about one mistake. We're talking about a series of bad decision making. Oftentimes has landed us in, in this cycle of bad choices this cycle of bad choices and, and and so maybe in your life it's been an addiction to pornography an addiction to gambling or sugar or sex or theft or slander or gossip or pride or lying, like maybe that's the, 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 maybe that's the vicious cycle of bad decision making that you've been in and out of for years in your life. Like, I know what to do, I just don't do it. I knew better, I shouldn't have done that. I know what to do, I, I don't do it. I think that's what Jesus is really really expressing. So the question that we're asking, again, is how do I make better decisions? And, and maybe more appropriately, it would be, this song is an awesome song. It's one of my favorite songs. But maybe the question is, where does wisdom come from? Where does wisdom come from? Have you, have you wondered where wisdom come, comes from? Well, it comes from a few places. Number one, it's given by God, right? It's given by God. James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God who gives it generously. God gives wisdom It's also developed in godly community. Walk with the wise, become wise. Walking with the wise is godly community. Many of you are a part of life groups. It's not something we want to do every single week. There are weeks where you do not want to gather with your community, your godly community. But you do it anyway. You do it anyway because it's a spiritual discipline. You understand that godly community helps me make better decisions. When I disconnect from godly community, that's a place of danger for people like me. I need to be connected to godly community. Wisdom also comes from life experiences. And boy, do we have a list of life experiences, right? You remember the messy divorce that really impacted the children, right? The, the, the foreclosure. Right? The the bankruptcy. We we have our list of life experiences. and, And as a result of those experiences, we've gained wisdom. Touch the hot stove once, you'll never touch it again. That's the real truth. So wisdom is really twofold. Wisdom is given by God and learned, but hinges on application. So then we can say wisdom is knowledge applied. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied. Let's continue on to verse 25. Though the rain comes in torrents. And you know that torrents is not like a light drizzle. This is when... The rain is just gushing out of the sky. You ever had a moment in your life where it's not a light rain, but it's a very violent rain? You ever feel like you've had moments in your life like like this has to stop already? uh, A twins game, it started to rain. No no delay, no postpone. They played right through it. I've been to other games where you have to run to the concourse. It's violent rain. That resonates with some in this room today. We understand when Jesus is talking about rain that comes in torrents, right? Sheets of water falling out of the sky. And floodwaters rise. Floodwaters. It's already flooding. And then it begins to rise. You ever feel like it's already bad and it just got worse? Jesus is referencing those times come in life. Those moments will come in life when the wheat when the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse. See what Jesus is doing here? He's saying, You've got to put in the work. Can I show you a picture? What do you see here? This is what I think of. If I was on the mountainside today and Jesus was teaching this, this is what I would see. Ray, I know you would appreciate this. Oftentimes it's overlooked, but oh, is it necessary to a beautiful home? What I see is hard work. I see commitment. I see strength. This is what I would want to go build if I heard Jesus teach this message. I want to build my life on something strong so that I can endure. Is that what you see when you look at this picture? Do you see hard work? Do you see that this doesn't just develop on its own? Someone had to do the work. There's a broom, there's a trash can, there's tools. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You know what speaks to me is wisdom looks ahead. Wisdom plans and prepares for tough times. Wisdom takes what you hear and know and applies it to the everyday. A good decision today, a good decision tomorrow, a good decision the next day. Oh, will there be a payoff? That's what I see when I look at this picture. At some moment, this slab of concrete will be tested. Let's continue. But, and you know that when you get to this word but in the Bible, something's about to change. We're about to go into another direction, right? Jesus is going to take us into another direction. And he says, but anyone who hears, and this lines up with what we heard this morning. If anyone hears my teachings today, you are hearing his teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Can I ask you again? What do you see? I'll give you a hint. Look for a formula, an equation again. Do you see it? Anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. Hears plus disobeys equals foolish. Hears obtains, gains, absorbs, but doesn't obey doesn't implement, doesn't execute, equals foolish. And that word foolish, for those of you who appreciate the most basic language, can also be interpreted as stupid. Stupid, which would mean we're caught in a cycle of stupid. Have you ever felt trapped in this vicious cycle of stupid? I'm just trying to be honest with you. You're driving down the road and you are beating your own self upside the head. Because yet again, you knew what to do, but you did not do it. You were caught once again in this cycle of stupid. And and so, you know, I'm not calling anybody stupid. If anything, I'm calling myself stupid. But this is a cycle, Jesus says, that when you hear and you do not obey, you will land yourself in a cycle of stupid. You'll go buy a Hummer a few days before you're married. (laughs) Jesus says it's like building a beautiful house with all the bells and whistles. But not pouring a foundation. What good would that do? He likens it to that situation. Like who would go and do that on the mountainside? He's saying who would go and build your house? On sand. Why would you do that? You know the rain's gonna come. You know the wind's gonna blow. Why would you build your house? Why would you avoid the hard work and expect that it won't happen to you? Matter of fact, he actually goes on to say that. When the rains and floods come, he don't even have to say the torrent rains, he doesn't have to say the flood waters. Just when the rains and floods come and the winds, just Gentle winds beat against the house. Can you read that last part to yourself? What happens when it's just the average rain, the average wind, the average waters? It will collapse. I think we've all been on That side of stupid, foolishness, the consequences of disobedience, beautiful life ripped to pieces by the storms of life, simply exposing our lack of wisdom. the lack of a strong foundation. Just because you've been in church for so long doesn't mean you have a strong foundation. Can we just take a moment and wear this? Just just absorb it, squeeze it, embrace it. Can, can we just take a moment and just can you just close your eyes? Can I take you down a, a road for just a moment? Maybe the question is what would my life look like if I made better decisions? Just just wear it for a moment. This is not meant for any kind of shame whatsoever. What would my life be like if I made better decisions with my money? Better decisions with my retirement. Better decisions with my relationships in my marriage? better decisions in the classroom. How different would my life have been if I made better decisions? Poor choices of friends, the grip of drugs. So long, it's been so long that booze has had a grip on your life and the destruction, the ripple of destruction in your life has been devastating. For so many. How different would your family be if you made better decisions? How different would your family be if you made better decisions? How how different would your spiritual walk with Christ be if you made better decisions? How different would it be It's easy to think of others, but we're focusing on ourselves from the youngest in the room to the eldest in the room. You can open your eyes. The, the question, once again, that we're asking is. How do I make better decisions in my life? I think you would agree with me that the best way to sum up where we're at right now, all that we talked about in one, in one slide would be this, the big so what? Listen and obey equals better decisions. It's not just about hearing, it's about doing. It's both. It's both, a commitment to both. Not a commitment to one, a commitment to both. Listening and obeying gives you wisdom listening to God's teaching, listening to the word of God, listening to, to your life coach, to your mentor, listening to your counselor, listening and obeying, following. It's not enough to just gain knowledge. It's about application. And our big now what will be, talk to God first. I think that's the first step is to go away from this place and talk to God first. Where do I start? What's first for me and let God speak to you because he will. And just so you know, today is the first Sunday where our kiddos are actually learning the same thing. Like pastor Ty and I worked on this together. And so Those of you with children, we encourage table talk. You can ask them about wisdom, listen and obey, listen and obey. Great conversation for you as parents, for us as parents to walk with our children through this. And Christmas, oh, by the way, it's Christmas season, everybody. And we have this ample opportunity to implement what we're learning, to actually obey what we're learning. So we're going to listen to what God talks to us about, and we are going to implement it because Christmas provides us a great opportunity because of all the family tension that takes place during Christmas and the debt that can occur during Christmas and the pressures to light up your house the brightest on the block or buy the biggest gift or spend the most money. It's also a time when there's a high use of substance abuse and things like that, it's a perfect opportunity for you to begin to use God's wisdom in your everyday life. Again, how should this King Jesus, the birth of King Jesus, fully God, fully human, impact our everyday life? It was a, it was a moment in history, a tremendous moment in history then, but a major part of our everyday life now. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I pray for every person in this room, every person in this room, God, and I just pray that you would continue to work in our hearts beyond this moment. Let this be the beginning, God, not the end, the beginning of when we just decide to do the hard work to plant our lives on solid rock you are the solid rock you Jesus are the rock you are the rock of our life we are to fasten our life to you